Episode 119, Why Can't We Have a Baby? Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. I just, what what was that little look for as I was like rocking out with the Uh, intro music? I was just looking at you. You're looking beautiful today. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Welcome back, everyone. Episode 119. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like every once in a while I say an episode number, and I'm like, wow, how did we get here? How do we get here? How did we get here? And, and it's because of all of you. And so for all of our longtime listeners, we're so happy to have you um, supporting us and encouraging us. For our brand new listeners, welcome to One Extraordinary Marriage. Uh, we hope that, you know, over the podcast that you listen to, we're able to encourage and inspire you and and just shed some light on what this thing called marriage is. Um, that's what we do in and out. And we got uh, great feedback from somebody last week who was telling us that, you know, they stumbled across us and like, wow, you know, you guys are talking about the real stuff and, right. and you're not mincing words. And, and um, we've had a lot of that lately where, pe- you know, people have commented on the fact that we're very straightforward and that's who we are. You know, if you're going to email us, if you're going to, you know, call in and, and we're going to share your thoughts, um, you know, we're not the sugar-coated couple. Um, nope. So welcome back and let's let's jump into, uh, we got some emails this week and uh, we're going to use, why don't you talk about the we did it one? Yeah. So from longtime listeners, uh, TNS, we got a cool we did it and it starts off Tony and Elisa. I am finally finding the time to let you know that we once again participated and completed the annual seven days of sex challenge, which we had a couple of weeks ago. That was our third annual in a world that seems full of strained marriages. Ours continues to flourish. Thanks in part to your ministry. Just like you, our marriage is not always perfect, but is stronger now that it was now than it was when it all started 11 years ago. Kids have been a joy and at times a strain, like when we had to cut short our together time on day five due to a toddler who refused to stay asleep. Another area where we sometimes have stress is with the housework. Like Tony, I would like to have a clean house. And like Elisa, I presume my wife tends to place work and kids above cleaning off a cluttered kitchen table on her priority list. I appreciate your latest podcast on expectations since that is something we continue to work on. I've noticed that as our marriage has improved through focusing more on intimacy, our communication has improved, and we were already starting to discuss expectations without the accusatory and defensive tones we tend to use in the past. Mm. Thank you for all that you do, and we wish you continued success. Yay! So Love. another we did it, and for many of you who heard about the, the third annual Seven Days of Sex mm-hmm. Challenge, it's still up there at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. You can still follow along for the seven days. You can comment there and we will comment back. If you need some accountability, we're here for you and we'll, we'll, you know, help you along, guide you along. If you want to pick up our book, seven days of sex challenge, you can go to seven days of sex.com, pick it up. It's a Kindle version and uh, you're good to go. I, I just, I love those messages and I don't think we shared with you guys last week, but, um, I took a radical step to helping meet Tony's expectations of getting rid of my piles mm, yes. and, and my, my disorganization issues. And um, I actually hired a personal organizer, a professional organizer. 
and she came. Who is also personal because she she's, came here. Yes. So she came on Wednesday. Oh, I guess that's why we didn't discuss it because she came after the podcast. But mm-hmm. um, showed up at my house at 930 and we filled our recycling bin and we filled our trash bin. <laughs> and four and a half hours later, she was leaving. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things where I wrestled with, oh, do I do this? Do I not do this? And, um, you know, I, I gave Tony permission to say I told you so. And in his very loving way, he just said it in his head. Um, it has transformed my life. My, my one little corner of workspace, we'll probably have her come back and do more space in the house um, as finances permit. And it wasn't outrageously expensive. It's just, you know, we right. budget this, everything. Let's put this, this four and a half hours was Elisa's work desk and area. Yes. And just paper. Right. Lots, uh, lots, lots of paper. You know, lots, I had a full file lots, cabinet. We went through, lots, we went through my entire four drawer file cabinet and, and literally touched every piece of paper to think, okay, do I need this? Is it still necessary? And, and I've just come to realize how much unnecessary stuff we accumulate in life thinking, mm-hmm. oh, I need that. Or, you know, we go to conferences and we take all those notes and we're like, great. Now I haven't looked at that conference notebook for, you know, two years. Why do I still have it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the big thing that your, your big takeaway, if I remember correctly from you was, gosh, there's all this stuff, but what am I implementing? What am I taking when, when I go to a conference or a mm-hmm. seminar, I'm listening to something. And that's the same with this podcast, folks. I mean, the thing is, is that we learn something and we implement it in our lives when it's appropriate, right? right? Because to become successful in our marriages, we eventually have to implement new ideas, new techniques so that we can get to where we want to be going or heading. Right. And and that's a big that's a big takeaway because a lot of us and me included, I can read a bunch of posts, I can listen on webinars or seminars or what have you. But if I don't implement and take it to the next action step, what am I really gaining? And so we hope, you know, in your marriages, what you hear here, here on this show, (laughs) you are also implementing in your marriages and seeing the transformations like TNS have over the years that they have been listening. Right. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's amazing how those little things, like I found myself sitting down at my desk Friday afternoon actually getting work done because I didn't have to clean up anything. I didn't have to move any piles. I could literally just sit down at my desk and start working. And and like Tony said, it transfers to all aspects of your life. When you get rid of that clutter, when you get rid of that obstacle, when you get rid of that barrier, Yeah. whether it's you need to improve your communication skills or you need to get the toys out of the bedroom or move the electronics out of the bedroom or, you know, Whatever it is, when you remove those obstacles, your life becomes a lot more efficient mm-hmm. a- and you don't feel so burdened and um, overwhelmed by, you know, being that hamster on the treadmill or on the, the wheel where you're just, you know, you're spinning, spinning, spinning and not getting anywhere. Right. Yeah. So. And, and here's a little thing. I just wanted to um, update all of you last week. So the week after the seven days of sex challenge, I got to say, I was just flat, like, very little pizzazz going on when it came to our sexual intimacy. Just wasn't having, at least, and I, uh, you know, we continue back onto our intimacy lifestyle. And, 
you know, just didn't even have it there. I mean, I had nothing. One morning, actually, Elisa woke me up very early. It was still dark outside. I didn't even look at the clock to even find out what time it was. Which I never do. Which, yeah, I was just like, it's dark outside. I'm not going to even question it. She's taking the lead. Let's go with it. But but I got to say, I could not get into it to the point. I, I couldn't even orgasm that night. I was just like, it's just not that morning, I should say. I, I just didn't have it. And so it made me reflect and realize that we go through these times in our marriages, personally even, when we just don't have it. And I brought it up to Elisa and just said, you know, I'm just feeling funky. Like, I don't have it. Here's the flip side, though. Today, Elisa got dressed up for church in this beautiful purple dress. And and Elisa's color is just purple now. I mean, she just looks fantastic in purple. And she has her nails painted a, a hue of purple. And she has her shoes in their purple. And she's wearing purple lipstick or whatever. And I mean, She just looks I, I'm absolutely. not wearing purple lipstick. What are you wearing? Uh, well, it wasn't purple. Oh, okay. Purple eyeliner? I did have purple eyeshadow on. Eyeshadow? Okay. Anyways, I, I think it, I think she looks lovely. And you know what? Today, I just sort of felt like, wow, okay. For me, it, it, I don't know what it was. I, I thought she just looked very attractive. I let her know that. But that desire within myself is here again. And I just want to let you guys know that because we, we go through those moments in time. And if you're going through one, just realize, hey, it's a season. It may be as short as a week or two. It, you know, it may just be one night. But do realize you're not alone. Mm-hmm. We we all go through these. And when he brought it up to me the other day, you know, one of the things I said was, "We just had sex for seven days straight last week." I mean, really, my ex. I mean, oftentimes in the past we take off the week after. I don't we, think so. We have well in the in past we have taken time off after we don't just jump right back into it or uh-huh. the intimacy lifestyle and so, you know my expectations were okay well if we're gonna have sex this week it's probably not going to be, earth shattering. Yeah, I mean we had we had great sex the week before during the seven days, many of those seven days. So mm-hmm. let's not let's not set the bar so high the week after, and you know we'll just roll with it. So yeah. you know again going back to expectations, but. Let's jump into um, this week. Today's episode. Uh, why can't we have a baby? This is this episode's going to be on infertility and the struggles that many of you have with infertility. Um, there are many couples that have various reasons for infertility. Whether it's um, and we can't speak to this personally. Tony and I have not dealt with infertility specifically, um, but we have many friends who have walked the road of infertility. Um, Many of you have written into us about this issue to the point where we feel that we need to talk about it from our perspective and answer some of those questions that that we see continuously coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, we did get this email last week. And, and we come from a point of being able to coach folks and talk to them through the issues that they're dealing with when it comes to infertility. Right, I even mean, though we haven't dealt with that specific issue. With right. Um, you know, there is a very real pain to not being able to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And... 
for those of you that have been longtime listeners, you know that we um, actually lost a baby. We had a baby die at 18 weeks um, between Alex and Abby. And while that's not the same thing as infertility, there is still that that pain of what happened or why. And, and you just start asking all of these questions. And this episode was really prompted by this email that we received last week. Um, it was actually written to us from a husband. And he said, we have been married for nearly five years. We are 31 and 35 years old. At the one year mark, we started trying for a child with no success. A couple of doctors, lots of natural medical and herbal supplements, three and a half years and a few rounds of IVF later, we still have unexplained infertility. We're both healthy. The thing is, this has rocked my wife spiritually and emotionally and not in a good way. She's withdrawn and is deeply bitter toward God. And I feel like I've lost my wife almost. I miss her deeply. God's promised me I would know fatherhood, so I'm confident someday it will happen. I'm a really optimistic person, but this is a challenge even for me. The longer this has gone on, the more difficult it is to be intimate, even just emotionally. Our sex life hasn't been a function of our intimacy in recent years, as much as, much as more a necessity of conception. I'm naturally high desire and she's low, but with this disruption in her heart and mind, it even diminishes my desire sometimes. Less sex, one to two times per month, does not help our fertility situation. Plus, in the five years, she's never once experienced an orgasm during sex, which I think makes it seem a bit one-sided, and I'm sort of discouraged and embarrassed about that. Is this really unusual? I can hardly imagine having seven days of sex at this point in time. I feel like the way forward is to rebuild our spiritual and emotional intimacy so that the sex just happens more as a result of closeness, but I'm not sure where to begin. Should we start there? Yeah, let's start there, and then we go into his questions. Um, yeah, because that's that's heavy as it is. It's heavy stuff, and you know, there's a lot of different. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say for those of you who have dealt with infertility, we need to hear from you. We do, and it's not for Elisa and I to read it. It's for those who are going through it and who are dealing with it, and how you are dealing with it. If you're going through it right now, or how you have dealt with it. You know, this is a loving community where we can trust each other, right? And by opening up and taking off our masks, we can help others and even help ourselves. So please make sure you leave comments below and chime in, chime in. Or even, you know, if you don't want to put your comment directly below the post, email us. Email us. Um, It would be helpful if we could compile responses so that when people Mm -hmm. ask the questions about infertility, um, De- you know, depending on the volume of responses we get, we may even be able to put together a little flyer mm-hmm. on how couples are dealing with infertility. So let's go back to this email. Mm-hmm. I think the big thing here is yes. After three and a half years of trying for a child, it's time to take a timeout. It's it's time to take a big timeout because, man, that is a lot of stress. These two are under. Mm-hmm. And for a long duration of time. And like we talked about last week, these unmet expectations, the expectation is we are going to have a child. The unmet expectation is now in full force, you know, acting out whatever the controlled behavior withdraw. Well, yeah, the acting out is a withdrawing from the wife, even himself saying, Hey, you know, um, I'm becoming even low desire, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm sort of done with this. And so I think the two of you really need to sit down. And like you said, you, you need to get back to basics. 
which is the emotional intimacy. Well, and I love that that's what he said. He goes, mm-hmm. I feel like we need to focus on our spiritual and emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. A- and it's true. I mean, when, when sex has become purely a means of conception and that hasn't materialized, then that almost that, that aspect of your marriage almost becomes a burden because if it's right. not working, then why do you want to do something that's not working? There, there's, no, there's no joy in that because you're so focused on the outcome and not the experience. Right. You know, it, it's not about two becoming one. It's about we're making a baby. You know, it's the right time. And, and you know, I've heard this, uh, the books I've read on fertility and, and whatnot, you know, you get to, you get so focused about, okay, this is my ovulation window. You know, we need to go at it, come home, you know, don't go to work, you know, right now, right now, right now. And, you know, I can only imagine that for a husband, that takes a lot of the fun out of it. Mm-hmm. If you're there simply to be the donor, then, you know, where's the emotional closeness? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for her, you know, I, we waited six years to have children and to have Alex. They came one after another. We did not have twins. Um, and and in between, you know, when we lost Andrew and then we were trying for Abby, there was like every month I'm like, Oh, I'm not pregnant. Oh, I'm not pregnant. You know? And, and so you start, you start getting so wrapped up in the cycles and in the calendar and, and not so focused on, wow, I'm married to somebody. You know, mm-hmm. oh, there's this per- you know, there's this person that I actually used to enjoy spending time with. We used to do things together outside of trying to make a baby. You know, you lose that singular or you lose that um, kind of that global perspective on your marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know, I so I so feel her pain and and understand her bitterness towards God, you know, and just like wh- why me? You know, why is this happening to me? Why are you allowing this to happen to me? Why aren't you giving me a baby? I've been faithful. I've prayed. I've done. And, you know, part of it goes back to what we talked about last week. And, and he actually even referenced it um, later on in his, his message where I had said the analogy of the teacher um, being quiet while the students are being tested. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure she very much feels like, my, you know, God's not listening to me. Why? What is, what is the greater plan in all of this? Why, you know, and, um, ironically enough, our sermon today, today, we're still, um, going through the, I am second video series at church. And today was Scott Hamilton, the Olympic ice skater. And we'll put a link to his video because it is just unbelievable. And they, he and his wife dealt with infertility, um, after he had testicular cancer. Um, so we'll, I'll put a link up to that one because this one had me just tearing up and crying right there in church. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And y- you know, the, really going deep into this message was the idea that it's not, why is this happening to me? It's who am I leaning on? The storms are going to come in your life and some of them are going to be outrageously hard. I will tell you like that right now, I will tell you that when we lost our son, Andrew, and, and I'm sitting in you know, on an obstetrics ward in a hospital, listening to other babies cry. That was perhaps the hardest day of my entire life. Because very much like this wife here, you know, cause I'm sure she walks down the street and every woman that she sees is pregnant. Every woman's got a stroller. Every woman's, you know, nursing a baby, that type of thing. Cause when you, when you don't have something, all you see is everybody else who has it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I did the why me. I, I railed at God. 
Like, why is this happening? What did I do? What, what, what happened in my life to cause me to get to a point where I have lost a child? Or in this case, what have we done that we can't have a child? If we're healthy and everything's come out and, you know, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And I look back at that time. And, you know, I've said this many times before. God can handle our anger. God is the one person that can take our anger and not turn it back on us. Not, you know, internalize it and, you know, have to deal with it himself. He just takes it. You know, Jesus took that all at the foot of the cross. You know, on the cross, he took our anger. He took our disappointments. He took all of it. So take it to him. And take that why and turn it into a who. You know, go back to Jesus and say, I I don't want to deal with this anymore. I am struggling with this. And I, you know, I would so encourage this wife to, to find a way to reconnect with her husband, you know, and, and for him to be so aware that they need to connect on the spiritual and emotional side of things and just let, you know, really just kind of downplay the sex part of their lives right now, you know, and, and get back to, you know, maybe it's as simple as trying a devotional together. Um, Jesus calling might actually be a great one because it's, it's short. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a, a, you know, and we've talked about Jesus calling this year. We are still, I mean, we're into May. And if any of you listen to the podcast where we had a major blow up over a devotional, you know that getting five months into a devotional for us is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, That we haven't done it every night, believe us. The last two nights we've missed, but for the most part, we're probably five or six nights a week. Yep. I would say, but it is absolutely fantastic. And it it, it okay. just makes you, it, it just, for us, it's in the evening before we're going to bed, before we do our reading. And it just, it makes us think. And sometimes we have some questions and we'll start asking some questions right there and then. And, and I got to say, for the two of you and for those of you who are dealing with this is, like Elisa said, it's, it's just time to take a time out. You know, find a community that you can be authentic and real and you can take off your mask and get out of the dark, mm-hmm. he, you know, cause, cause I have a feeling in a sense that, you know, the wife here, it, she is, it may, and I may be off base, but it just sounds like she may be really alone in this. Well, and this is, this is very much, you know, any issues that deal with, with pregnancy are very much kept in the dark. We know that because when I went through a miscarriage, it wasn't until I started talking about losing Andrew that all of a sudden there were all these women that had had miscarriages. I'm like, where'd you all come from? Mm-hmm. You know, cause nobody talks about it. Nobody says, you know, I mean, doctors don't even really talk about it. Say, well, this is, you know, this is a possibility during pregnancy. Everybody's like, no, we're excited. You're having a baby. Da, da, da. And then all of a sudden you're not, yeah. you know, and people, people knew the good part of it, but nobody wants to talk about the bad part of it. Yeah. You know, and, and I do imagine that they're very alone and that even if, you know, it's possible this couple, this may be the first time that the husband has even kind of gone outside of his comfort zone and said, this is what we're dealing with. Because it's hard to tell people that you're not succeeding in an area that, you know, seems so fundamental. Right. You know, people make babies. Yeah. But I, I you guys need to get it, get in with a community of folks, you know, where you can just be loved on for who you are, mm-hmm. which which is right here. I mean, Elisa and I are here to do that. That's what we do. 
we believe that you take off the masks and you become real and for telling and sharing your deepest, darkest secrets and the truth, you're not loved less, but you're loved more. I, I just want to, he, um, there are a couple other like big questions and, and one other really big thing in this message, you know, as we talked about just her bitterness where she is right now, but, um, he also talks about the fact that she's never had an orgasm. Yeah. In uh, five I, I'm, years. I'm glad you, I'm glad we went, went there. Okay. Um, you know, I want to digress on this and then we're going to come back to, he had some specific questions for us, but if you have not experienced an orgasm in your marriage, I would definitely say work on that. Work on exploring your ladies. And I'm talking specifically to you because we know the men, you know, it's pretty much for most men, not a problem. Um, ladies, explore your bodies. I want to say though, for, for a number of years early on in our marriage, you didn't. Absolutely. Right. So you can, you can relate. Right. Well, and that's what I'm saying is that, you know, you have to explore your bodies by yourself with your partner. You know, let your husband touch you. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I do not often have vaginal orgasms. Intercourse. While it, during intercourse. For right. me, it is a clitoral orgasm with stimulation prior to intercourse. Right. And, and it took us time to realize that that's how I'm wired. Yeah, I can remember early on in our marriage just like making love to you going, why is this girl not having an orgasm because this like you felt very one-sided it was incredibly one-sided time and time and time again and like you emailer i felt sort of like uh, what's going on here because i was frustrated as well it wasn't until elisa and i spoke about this and that she did start to explore her own body that we came to realize that it is for her clitoral and now you know 15 years into marriage we have learned that oral is by far the the big thing the big fireworks for her fireworks gotta love the choice of words um it's true she doesn't squeeze my head anymore (sighs) tmi dude (laughs) um you know but it's one of those things where and we were just interviewed on a on a, a podcast that's going to be aired um, in, in July, July. Mm-hmm. yeah, late July. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were talking about this and just talking about you know sex and orgasms and things like that. And you know, you shouldn't have to unless there's a medical reason that you can't have an orgasm. Um, explore and find out what feels good, and talk to each other because we even asked on. The One Extraordinary Marriage fan page on Facebook, which you guys can find at facebook.com slash One Extraordinary Marriage. You know, we asked the question, you know, is an orgasm important to you? Something to that nature. Mm-hmm. And, some, and some just came back and said, you know what? It's no big deal. Wives came back saying, hey, you know what? No big deal. Guys came back. Husbands came back going, you know what? If I please her and she, and she does or she doesn't, it's okay. That's where you get into that emotional intimacy, though, and you're talking about it. Right. If it's something where she's like, you know what, honey, it's okay, I'm fine, then you know what? You guys have talked about it. You brought it up. It's good. You know, move on. As a husband, move on. It's good. If if she comes to you, again, leave it open. Hey, honey, if you want to explore, if you want to try in the future, you let me know. Right. 
you know, that's, that's where you are right now. Don't get muddled up in it because she says it's fine and try to dig deeper into it. Cause this is what I used to do years ago. She, at least I'd be like, no, I'm fine. I'm like, really? You're really fine. You're really fine. And I just keep asking the question, keep asking the question before you know it, she's really pissed off at me. <laughs> and I should have just said, yeah, and now I'm not fine. Cause I'm yeah. like really 25 questions later. I, I should have just said, you know what, honey, if, if you're cool with it and you're okay, if I'm the only one that orgasms, then Okay. And we have that now. I mean, there's just days that. where yeah. I'm like, you know, it's not happening today. The last thing I'll say on this mm-hmm. though is ladies don't fake it. Y- don't fake it. Yeah. I've done that. It, it does not build up your marriage. Um, the only thing it does is it might speed up your lovemaking session that night just because it's like, okay, she had one great move. You know, it's my turn. Um, don't do it. It's a it, trust issue. It, it will be a huge detriment to your marriage. Yeah. Um, because if he ever finds out that you're faking it, then he doesn't know when you're, you know, it's like, you know, the boy who cried wolf, mm-hmm. you know, crying orgasm, um, will have that same effect. So back to, um, this emailers questions, can we still build intimacy with this massive burden in our lives? Yes, absolutely. Cause y- you go to Jesus. Y- y- well, and, and, and couples the world over deal with unbelievably hard issues in their marriage. People have dealt with infertility and still had intimacy. They have dealt with the loss of a child and still have intimacy. They have dealt with losses of jobs and losses of homes and fires destroying their lives, and they still have intimacy. It is a choice on how your marriage moves forward. It's not a matter of, you know, can we or can't we? It's will you Mm -hmm. is really the question. And, and, And the how is exactly what you said. It's building the spiritual and emotional intimacy. It's, it's minimizing for the time being the physical, sexual, specifically the sexual intimacy and spending more time holding hands, taking walks, connecting over what brought the two of you together in the first place and just, you know, partly talking through this period of time in your lives in the sense of what were our expectations How are we handling the fact that this hasn't happened? What do we need to pray for in our marriage? And having the conversation, what can I pray for you? Because I get her bitterness. And that was, that was his next question is uh, for women in my wife's shoes. Is there a way to break through the bitterness? And I got to go back though to, to the cure, the book that I mentioned last week, I I finally finished it this week. It's, It's a quick read for many of you. I took my time and I'm going to go back and read it again. I'm telling you guys, it, there's just, I've read a lot of books lately, a lot of books, just trying to, just trying to learn more so that we can, you know, in our own lives, mm-hmm. in our own marriage grow and more importantly to help all of you grow. But I'm telling you, I read what I, and I love what I'm reading there. It's just, it's good stuff. It makes so much sense to me, especially from the just the basic level of unmet ex- expectations. You have yourselves acting out. There is shame and guilt. And then the cycle happens again <laughs> and again and but again. But how does that pertain to this question? Well, because she has bitterness. Okay. So again, there's unmet expectations that are leading to what's her acting out. It's bitterness, right? That's the act out phase. The, the bitterness, the pulling away, 
right? There's probably some shame. There's probably some guilt in there. Why can't I conceive? Why can't I have a child, right? And it's getting into that cycle and breaking that cycle when you enter the room of grace, which is where God wants us to be, instead of the room of good intention, mm-hmm. which they go through in here. You know, the room of good intention is where we're at. When we're like, everything's fine, everything's good. We have mask on top of mask on top of mask on top of mask because we don't want to share what's really hurting us, right? And and we're safe there. It's just like everything's great, but you know what? We feel safe there, but we also feel boxed in mm-hmm. and alone there. Yeah. Well, and that would be that would be my recommendation for her as far as working through the bitterness. She fi- needs to find other women who are going through this. Um, You know, you had mentioned earlier becoming part, you know, seeking out, finding a community because this is a very isolating journey. You know, infertility, because infertility takes on so many different forms in marriages, whether it's secondary infertility after you've already Mm -hmm. had a child or, um, you know, we've got a good family friend who she is able to conceive, but her, she has an autoimmune disorder that her body rejects. Right. Um, rejects the baby. And so she has had a number of miscarriages. And, and so they've, you know, they walked infertility, they tried infertility treatments, whatnot, and actually decided to adopt um, just because of her biological inability to carry a child. And, mm-hmm. and you know, there are so many different ways um, that looks like, but it's, it's the ability to, to have that close-knit support group or to even have those friends that maybe they haven't, dealt with this issue, but they're the, they're the quality friends in your life who will sit there and listen to you. Hmm. They don't have the answers. They don't pretend. I mean, like we don't pretend to know what it's like to go through infertility, but we do know that a lot of the issues that surround infertility are issues that other couples deal with in regard to something else. And so having that community of women to say, you know what, I'm having a bad day. You know, I walked through the mall and everywhere there was a baby in a stroller. Well, and that's where I think this book is key for this group. You know what I'm saying? They they have an awesome study guide that I'm going to pick up and I'm going to do at our church here. It's a seven week study guide that I'm going to pick up and I'm going to do with folks at church because I think it is really where I want to see us taking one extraordinary marriage in helping you folks, you know, get away from the muck and all the stuff that is happening in your lives and truly giving you something that can really impact your marriages, mm-hmm. you know, and I know we do it. I know we do it time and time again, but for myself, I mean, I can, I can lean on this and really hold on to it and it's, it's just biblically based. So I can go back into to my Bible and read the word as well and go back and forth. Uh, and I love the authors. They're, they're just wonderful guys. So, uh, His last question is, will working on our sex life help or do we need to back up and work through the emotional issues first? Um, I, yes. <laughs> it's going it, to be different for everybody, right? right. It's going to be different for every... We're not all the same. It's going to be different for you guys. I think the biggest issue right now is the emotional. I, I really think you guys just need to get away personally I mean, take two days off, take three days off, go, go find a group on deal, go find a living social deal, go, go do something and just get away mm-hmm. from where you're at. You know, it may mean that you need to just drive three hours so you can just, you know, 
look not at something even, different. Yeah, yeah it's not, not, even not even think about the area you live in and the house and all the things that have been going on there for the last three and a half years. You know, just get away. And I'd have a plan. I'd have a plan of attack for both of you to go, all right, you know what? On the drive, this is what we're going to start talking about. You know, driving is the greatest place, I think, to really hone in on our emotional intimacy because there's really no way you're going to have sexual intimacy unless you pull off the side of the road. Take your emergency kit. Yep, take your emergency kit if you choose to do this, any of you. But I think emotional intimacy, if we do it in the right way when we're driving, you can bust through a lot of barriers because it's just, it's free-flowing. It's you guys. Keep the music off. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, something you know, to, to this couple and to those of you that have dealt with infertility as well. Um, you know, at some point in time you need to talk through what's next. Mm -hmm. You know, if we are not able to conceive our own child, our biological, his and her child, what, what else, what are other options? Yeah. You know, some couples choose to go down the path of surrogacy some couples choose to adopt. Um, some couples choose to remain childless. I mean, there are a lot of different options, you know, based on those emotional conversations that the two of you have. But, you know, when you, you've got to get to a point where you can ha start to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Because if you, like for this couple, they've been dealing with this for four years now. The wife has invested so much of her, they, they both have, but I'm, you know, speaking from a woman's perspective, has invested so much time and energy in the idea and the dream of becoming pregnant. And you know, it's hard when a dream dies. Mm -hmm. And that, that's, you know, kind of where they're at right now is saying, you know what, this dream may be dying. A and I would encourage you to grieve that dream dying in this form. You know, obviously God has told him he's going to be a father. He has not said how that's going to happen. You know, there are lots of children out there that need parents. I mean, that was one of the things we were so amazed by when we were in Michigan for yeah. the retreat earlier this year was I think every, you know, probably like every other family we talked to had adopted children. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it was absolutely amazing when when we spoke in Michigan. There, I mean, a lot of those folks did. They had foster children, or they were adopting a child, or they adopted a, a number of children. Well, yeah, I mean, one family had four adopted daughters, and yeah. and you know, these were all couples. I mean, it was like I've never been around so many adoptive parent. Like when it wasn't like an adoptive parent meeting type thing. I mean, where it was just you know, this is just something they believe in, mm -hmm. you know, making sure every child's got a home and, you know, maybe that's the path. I don't know what it's going to be for the two of you, you know, in this specific, um, I love what you said though, honey, when you said, you know what, grieve this process in our society today. So many people want to just go, it's okay. Get over it. Move on. Mm. And you know what? No, grieve allow yourselves this time to grieve and hold each other in each other's arms and cry. It's okay. And for you as a husband 
to be able to shed tears if that's what you guys decide to do, it's okay. You know, it's okay to cry and let your wife see that you're hurting, that you're, you're messed up too. Uh You know, it's okay. So, and for some of you who have dealt with this and we know we have some friends from church as well, dealt with this, dealt with this, dealt with this. And they had their first child a month, two months ago. So, you know, I would love for them to pipe in and hopefully um, she will or they will when we put this up. But yeah, and some of you have dealt with this, have gone through this process, frustrated, bitter, taken a hiatus, let it go for a while, and then have become pregnant. Well, yeah, and then you hear those crazy couples of, um, I know there was a family in uh, the kids' preschool when we were there where they... Um, had the infertility issues, were going through the adoption process. Literally the day they signed their adoption paper, she found out she was pregnant. pregnant. So, you know, within at nine months, they had like a 12 month old and a new, I mean, it was just like this crazy, ridiculous close timing. And, um, you don't know, you don't know God's plans, but I truly believe that through this time, you guys can get closer together again. I, I do. I really, really do believe it. And my action steps for you guys would be get away. If you guys need some questions or where what you need to talk about, hit our resources tab. If you just click resources, there's 77 questions to get the conversation started. And those go over all six intimacies and you can pick and choose what you want to talk about. If that helps you guys along. You know, if that at least starts it or go back to last week's podcast where I said, you know, what is it about our marriage that is important to you? And you can change that marriage part. You know, what is it about our emotional intimacy? What is it about our sex life? Whatever you want to start with, you can start with anything there, but that allows you guys to dig deeper, Mm -hmm. you know, and to learn. And, you know, when you're dealing with huge issues like this, um, often the communication just gets back to surface level stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Cause, Cause you don't, cause you, you don't hurt. Want, you hurt. You don't want, you don't want to dig it up. You don't want to, you don't want to open that scar. You don't want to open that wound. You know, he, he, it's like our son. He has a big old <laughs> scab on his, on his elbow from this falling, kid. you know, <sighs> but every time he starts picking at it and picking at it and picking at it, the scab comes off and it bleeds again and it hurts when we have to put medication on it mm-hmm. because we want it to heal and get better. So it's very easy for our hearts to just become scabbed over. We stick surface level in our conversations because we know if we pick that scab off, it's going to hurt, yep. but we got to get to that point where the hurting is okay. It's okay because we're in a loving environment where we're growing together, not farther apart. We're growing together. We're taking off those masks and trusting each other with our lives. It's a tough thing to do. It's tough. Get away, you guys. Take some time away and just be yourselves. Mm Mm-hmm. Go back to those days when you were courting each other. Pull out the you know the wedding albums. Pull out, right? Pull out those pictures. Go down memory lane. Because in in all of this stress, 
you've lost, not lost, but you've misplaced um, who you were. Mm-hmm. You know, if you went back four years ago to, you know, the initial trying to conceive, you know, in that first year of marriage, things were vastly different than where you are today. And, and when you've, when you become so focused on only one outcome, you know, kind of you get you, the blinders on and you lose sight of the fact that, you know, there are so many wonderful things about our marriage. There are so many reasons why I fell in love with him or her. You know, yes, we want to have children together, but, but we'll figure that part out. Do I remember why this was the person that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with? Right. Yeah. And when you start working on, on rebuilding those conversations and start developing that all over again, you will see a new path. This is, you know, this is a fork in the road. And, you know, your path, which you thought was kind of a straight line from, you know, wedding to, you know, parenthood has taken a detour. Parent, you know, the road to parenthood looks different for you. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's bad doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just a different path to parenthood. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this week we, we are praying for all those couples struggling for infertility um, or with infertility. Um, we know from our friends and from those of you that have written into us how difficult this journey is. Um, we encourage you to, to seek out couples, women, you know, find other women that are dealing with this, find people that can relate to your situation and don't, don't just shove it under the rug. You know, people, your friends want to, you know, your true friends will be there to hug you when it hurts and listen to you when you need to cry and scream and just be, you know, irrational because let's face it, when we're hurting that much, sometimes we're just irrational. Yeah. You know, they can handle it. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and lean on them, let them be there to pick you up in this pain mm-hmm. and, and spend time creating a new dream. Yeah. If you want to get in touch with Elisa or I, you can always do that info at one extraordinary marriage.com. That just comes to our general email inbox and we both get to read that. So just go info at one extraordinary marriage.com. If you'd like to call in, and give us your take. If you've gone through infertility issues, if you've gone through this heartache, you know this bitterness that we are talking about, we want to hear from you. You can do it anonymously. You don't need to leave your name if you choose not to. It's totally cool. You can call us at 858-876-5663. So that's our, that's our hotline. You can call it 24-7. goes right to voicemail. We'll hear it. But please... If you've gone through this, we want to hear from you. So come on back here, go to the comments section, leave your comments. Maybe you have some tidbits that has helped you get through this that we've missed, which, which we totally understand. Cause like we said at the top of the show, we haven't gone through this. We know a lot of people who have, but we haven't gone through it personally. And I would just add to that. If, if there was, Anything that we said that, you know, with your personal experience, we were way off base. I would, you know, 
we're happy to make any corrections that we need to. Um, so feel free to message us about that because we don't want anybody to listen to us and going, wow, they were way off base on this. <laughs> Tell us. Yeah. Tell us. You know, we welcome, we welcome those emails as well. Yeah. So with that, you guys, have yourselves a fantastic week. Connect with us. We love you. <laughs>